Happy Oscar morning, everybody. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I'm your host, David. I, for the first time in about 60 days, have my entire squad with me. I have Ryan, who dares to not introduce himself. Yeah, like, where'd he go? Fuck, fuck, fuck. Mother, mother, fuck. Mother, mother, fuck, fuck. Mother, fuck, mother, fuck. Noise, noise, noise. One, two. One, two, three, four, noise, 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 smoking weed, smoking weed, doing coke, drinking beers, drinking beers, 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 rolling fatty, smoking blunts, who smokes the blunts? We smoke the blunts, rolling blunts and smoking. I don't have 15 bucks, little man, so I will just move on <laughs> to Leo, who has been on a sabbatical with, uh, yeah. I don't even know, where has your sabbatical been? Well, the sabbatical took me to a few different places. <laughs> I, I ended up, I ended up visiting the the newsroom of the old show newsroom. Currently, I'm in the Oval Office with the West Wing cast. That excites me. I also me. died for a little and visited the Good Place. <laughs> so you've been but, all uh, over the world. I've been all over the place. Yeah, no, no, no but uh, all jokes aside, yeah, just work's been super, super freaking busy. Listen, uh, but saving for today's the world. episode, if you could just refer to me as the Clit Commander, I think <laughs> I'll be. I'll be uh, right, right, right back on. I, 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 I will, I will do so. You guys can refer me to Boo Boo as Boo Boo Kitty Fuck. Yes. <laughs> all righty. So, by all these little uh, innuendos, we are looking at the 20th anniversary of Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. And I know what the listeners are saying. Wait a minute. Did you guys cover this last year? We did. We covered the entire VSQ. But our 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 colleague Ryan said, "You know what? We need a full episode on just one movie." So we are going to give Ryan what he wants. We're covering the entire Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. And he may not like some of the stuff that I say. And it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> um, but before we That's get... going to be my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> before we get into that, let's get into some of the news of the week. Um, this is mostly for... Leo watches every show. So I, I, I hope this is news that excites him. Downton Abbey 2 is confirmed. Ooh, I haven't watched Downton Abbey yet. It is on like my grail list of like my 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 to do, and I'm like I, I people speak very highly of it, but I haven't been in an old timey mood since uh since I watched Bridgerton. But I guess if I get another down like little bit of like an old timey mood, I'll go into into Downton Abbey. Yeah, I actually wanted to start watching it like a year ago, and Jenny and I watched the first episode. And if anyone knows Jenny on here, knows that she doesn't like pacing herself the way I do. So she went off and watched the entire show and the movie without me. So I have a lot of catch-up to do. I I love the first episode, so I'm actually looking forward to seeing it. I guarantee Ryan has no interest. Nah. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny because it didn't, didn't uh, I think in Iron Man 3, I think Tony says that Happy likes to watch Downton Abbey because it makes him feel fancy. So maybe, who knows, maybe Ryan would like it. Maybe he'll be like happy and he'll like watching it because it makes him feel fancy. I, I, nah. would, I would love to <laughs> agree with you, Leo, but remember when we compared, um, what did we just compare to Lord of the Rings? And was it an oh, MCU? Oh, pro- oh, the, WandaVision? Uh, the, no, it was the, um, the, 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 the three 
battle, you know, I mean, the Snyder Cut, the the battle yes, of all the yes, Earth. yes, and and Ryan still shits on Lord of the Rings. So, uh, I, uh, next bit of news: How It Met Your Father has been greenlit and it is now in the works with Hilary Duff. Uh, I just asked one thing: Why? I'm fine, cool, whatever. Just don't kill the father off, and we'll be good. That's all. That's all you need to do. <laughs> all you need to do. Do not kill the father off. We're good to go. I hope it doesn't go ten seasons and us being disappointed in the end. Uh, I love how I met your mother. I know we've spoken about this uh, before. Uh, Leo, you don't seem too happy about that. No, I mean, I mean, dude, it's like those reboots and remakes. Ironically, we're going to talk about reboots and remakes. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, it's like, come on, just original content, please. Uh, I'm cool with like like the uh, the Mighty Ducks and Cobra Kai's so extension good. of those universes, and this could work too. Who knows? Um, but it's like w- those were remakes of franchises that had been like decades long gone. We're remaking now a franchise that was when when was the last episode of How I Met Your Mother? 20, like within the last uh, last under ten years, I think it's twenty fourteen. Years, I mean, come on. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Ryan, any thoughts? Have you seen How I Met Your Mother? Oh, I'm a huge How I Met Your Mother fan. I loved every, like, I saw every episode. I loved the series. I, yeah, the ending was very disappointing. Disappointed! Sorry. Um, uh, but I lost my second thought there. But the idea of the new one, I just hate the fact that they keep calling it a sequel when it's clearly a reboot. Like, that's the one thing that annoys me, but I'll check it out. And like you guys said, just don't kill the father and, and we'll be copacetic. And I guarantee, because this will be a CBS show, it will never get canceled. So, because CBS <sighs> does not cancel anything. Yo, uh, for real, man. Damn. Like, I don't, I, I love, I love um, Big Bang. I can't believe I had a report here that Young Sheldon got a three season extension, which is. Yo. Seriously, and like even after watching Big Bang, like again, like I, I appreciated it, and there were like some really awesome things there. But I'm like, this was the longest running show for a while. Like, like is it maybe that CVS like just like bangs like just they just beat their fans into submission, where it's like this is the only thing we have on, so you have to watch it. And it has incredible ratings, which oh, is it was the juggernaut. No, I'm talking about Young Sheldon. Yo, it is. I know it is. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's incredible. It's yeah, like, it's really? crazy. <laughs> um, this is, uh, you kind of segued into reboots. Uh, this makes me happy, and I hope it makes you happy, Leo. So, I love Father of the Bride, the Steve Martin movie. I adore <laughs> that movie. Yes. This remake is going to be so fun. So, Gloria Stefan joins Andy Garcia in the Father of the Bride remake. I, I, I am all in. Wow. I'm all what? in. I'm all in. <laughs> I, I am all in for Andy Garcia's chest hair. I am all in for Andy Garcia owning a shoe company, playing basketball. I, I am all in on this. I'm all in on this. This is a remake of the original? I think it's a remake, yeah. So this would be the second remake because the Steve Martin one is already a remake. That's true. Oh, yeah. that's a good point. So oh, I'm all in. I love the casting. Ryan, I'm- Father of the Bride. I haven't seen it. What? Oh, no way. Oh my god, Ryan. Why do you why do you do these things to me? Uh, because it's fun. <laughs> so I the next one is more for me because I know that Leo is not into this. I don't know about Ryan. The trailer for the new Conjuring movie was released. Um oh, what's the title, please? <laughs> it's Conjuring, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. 
<laughs> That's when an I awesome you, title. When, I might see I it just for the title. Dude, when I saw you tweet about this, I'm like, please, is this is the title? <laughs> Listen, I actually dig the title a lot. It's like, let's not name it The Conjuring 3. Let's just, like, fucking go balls out and just say the devil made me do it. So, I... I think I tried to convince you to watch this universe, right? Because it is a, it's like yeah, Marvel. Exactly. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. And you did a really good job of doing so too. Because I think you, the way you compared it to the MCU was actually it, pretty, pretty clever. It's not obviously as good as the MCU. There's a lot of bad in here. But the fact that everything is interconnected and it's one of those, it's very early MCU like. So you have to look for the Easter egg connection. So it's so fun for that aspect. And honestly, outside of the first two conjurings, they're not scary. They're for me, they're horror movies, but like they're they're fun watch. This one, I'm a little worried about this one because actually I, I, I don't I don't I don't buy the whole horror aspect of it. This feels like a court procedural mixed in with a horror film, and I don't know if I'm gonna be about that. It reminds me of a. have you guys ever seen the exorcism of Emily Rose? Nah. Yeah, so that's all. That's an exorcism movie blended in with a court trial. So uh, I think it's fine, but I don't for this universe. I don't like it. Uh, Ryan, you're not a big fan of this stuff, right? No, I'm just. But now with that title, I'm waiting for the next one, The Devil's Lettuce. <laughs> Ryan, stop it. <laughs> someone, I got Leo someone, to pop at least. Someone, someone really enjoyed 420 on this cast. And can you fans? Can you guess whom? <laughs> and it wasn't Leo, and it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> next bit. Next bit of news is more familiar to our our favorite type of uh, films. Sony and Disney reach a deal where uh, all Sony movies will move to Disney Plus after Netflix. Why is this a big deal? Because um, I'm hoping by then we'll finally have that Disney Plus star. So we can get these adult movies on on Disney. Uh, but the big news is that Spider-Man, if you're trying to watch the MCU, you can finally watch it complete. <laughs> because they're all going to be on Disney+. Plus. Yes, sir. Oh, except uh, except Hulk, right? Is Hulk still off? Hulk is universal. Yeah, Hulk universal. is universal. universal yeah. Yeah, yeah, But I don't... I watch it. But do you really need that? No. Got no. no. Like, I think, to me, Thunderbolt, but that's about it. I don't, I don't really... You're totally right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. I know I like it just fine, but like I said, in terms of like the overall continuity of the MCU, I think that's the one that you can you can be like, okay, it's okay if I pass by. Um, but good news for Disney. Disney keep adding content. Uh, I think good news for Sony because they found a way to like still make money and get Disney to give them cash for just the material they've already made in the past. And it's, I think it's super clever on their side. I, I give them props. I will never understand, and I'll, I'll go to Ryan after this. I will never understand how Fox, who doesn't exist anymore, said, "You know what? Let's not give Disney our toys. We're just gonna try to make our garbage on our own, and you know, not make money." Sony's like, "You know what? Disney have have our toys, play around, and make make us money at the same time." I I I suspect. They won't sign off on it, but I think that a contract will probably be made in the future for M- the MCU to use Miles Morales and Venom because they can't use them. They can't use them yet, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it, right? And Carnage, right? That's the other. Yeah. So I mean, like, it's there's a few actually. It's like if if it's kind of like the whole DC Warner Brothers thing, where yeah. it's like if you tell if you tell a casual fan, oh, you know, 
name a DC a DC character, they're gonna go with like Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. But DC's like library of characters is like vast. So is Sony. Sony has a vast library of Spider-Man characters they can use. I think Silver Sable was one that they may have had access to. They only say um, Spider Gwen. Spider Gwen. Spider Gwen. Like yeah. Most, even like yeah. the lesser known characters, like I think Madam Web or. Um. Uh, yeah. There's. There's a lot. They, if they really wanted to, they can have their own. Yeah. Their own MCU. Well, the MCU now has their own madam, but we'll get into that a little later. <laughs> um. All right. Next. Last bit of last two bits of news. Uh. We talked. Oh, I to- think it's awesome that they're doing that, Dave. Thanks for asking. No, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. A little out of practice of having all of us here. <laughs> it's all right. I owe Ryan for 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 forgetting to ask me questions on our our wrestling podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, we're um, <laughs> Last bit. Last two bits of news: the Shang Chi trailer. Um, I think I told you guys in the chat it looks good, but it looks mid tier. Marvel, I don't understand the overhype for it. It's good to see the Mandarin, and that's honestly all I have to say on it. I mean, it looks good. Uh, Leo, what are your thoughts? Uh, so I think this is going to be, to us, right, to I think uh, the three of us, this might not have been the response that the, they were looking for. Um, I honestly believe that culturally this movie is going to mean a lot more mm-hmm. than it is actually box blockbuster-wise or like box office-wise, excuse me. Or like even MCU wise, I think there's cool stuff here. I think yeah. the Ten Rings and how there's going to be ties back to Iron Man One, and then the Mandarin, which is going to finally fix the whole Iron Man Three problem. Like there's there's cool stuff here, but I think more than anything, it's the MCU going into a min- another minority fan base, giving them time to shine, casting cast members that are of a different race, and I think that's going to be like kind of like how Black Panther proved to the world. Hey, you know, an all-black cast can dominate the box office. I think that this is like the Asian American or Asian population's time to shine too. Or just give me more Aquafina, and and I'm good. I'm good to go. Yo, Uh, dude, don't you want to? Don't you want to see like a spinoff of like Louise from Ant Man, Darcy from Thor, and Aquafina from like? Yes, (laughs) please. Uh, Ryan, thoughts? I actually missed the trailer to be honest with you, Ryan. It's called homework. It's called homework. <laughs> hey, you um, didn't do your homework for the wrestling pod this week, so now we're even on that. Uh, Ryan, it's a two-hour show. This is about a two-minute trailer. No excuse. Uh, I wasn't going to mention this until the Falcon and the Winter Soldier discussion, but the Captain America four has been confirmed. So, sure. so Leo, you you know how we feel about that trilogy? Yes. I think we can still consider that a trilogy, right? Because this is Absolutely. now. This is now Sam's trilogy, correct? Absolutely. That's okay. the way I'm treating it, too. It's kind of one of those things where, like, maybe there's, like, a an addendum or, like, an asterisk or something. But even though it's going to make it a franchise officially, I think the Chris Evans trilogy will be a separate entity. For sure. And then um, you haven't seen Falcon and Winter Soldier at all, right, Ryan? Nah, I only saw the first episode. My Lanta. Uh, and then the last bit of news is Michael Keaton has finally been confirmed to return as Batman in The Flash. Nice. Yes, bitch. Oh, that news you didn't miss, right, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there's nothing really else to say. We stand Michael Keaton here, and I, I, I can't wait just to see. I don't think he's going to wear the, ca- the cowl. I think he's going to be Nick Fury, essentially. And if he does wear the cowl again, I am fucking going to scream like a little girl in the theater. Um, 
Yeah. All I need, and I think you guys will agree with me. All I need. This is essentially this is Flashpoint, right? If yeah. we don't that's get the the, that's the name of the movie too, I think, right? I believe he's still alive. I would have to double check. If we don't get a Bob the Goon cameo in this movie, <laughs> I don't know what life is anymore. Do not know what life is anymore. Bob Goon get Bob the Goon gets redemption. He is brought back to life since everyone seems to be being brought back to life. I I, I think I'm in. And we get a Bob and we get a Bob the Goon CW show. I, I'm I'm all in. <laughs> Wait, um, uh, Dave, I don't, I'm pretty sure we've never got this confirmed, right? This is just like us, just fanboys right yeah. now. Does this Michael Keaton as Batman in this movie, is that retcon George Clooney and... Um, oh, and- yes. Good question. So Warners has confirmed that the only part of the DC continuity when it comes to Batman will be Michael Keaton's Batman. Christopher Nolan's Batman is a standalone trilogy. Um, okay. The... Pat Pattinson's Batman, it's its own, I think, DC Dark or whatever, kind of like Joker. So that'll be mm-hmm. its own entity. The Clooney uh, Val Kilmerverse, it's its own closed-in two-movie arc. Awesome! So that means we might find out like more about like Vicky Vale and like Catwoman and, and yeah. Penguin. <laughs> yeah? Well, Penguin's okay. dead. That, I just want to know what happened to Vicky Vale, and if she and if she finally hit that hundred and eight pounds that she lights Batman about in eighteen eighty nine. Because um, she almost could have killed Batman. I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, that's all the news for the week. I'm excited. It's still going to be long, ways away. So I'm just happy that Michael Keaton is back. All right, I haven't done this in a few weeks, so this will be fun. What have we watched this week? I'm going to start with Ryan since apparently he didn't watch anything. <laughs> You watch wrestling, I, all right? Leave him alone. I watched a lot of wrestling, yes, and I watched um the Godzilla King Kong franchise. Did you? Well, I'll get your quick thoughts on all of them. I was going to ask about Kong and Godzilla, but what do you think of all of them? Kong was my favorite movie of the bunch. Which one? The uh, the original, like that Kong, the standalone Kong movie was okay. my Skull favorite. Island. Gotcha. Skull Island, Skull Island like, right? Skull right? Island, yeah. That yep. captivated me. That kept my interest throughout the entire time. Every other movie, I was caught myself bored, just like waiting for the fights at that point. Like, all right, get to it already. Like, as if we're watching a bad episode of of Raw and we're just waiting for a good match to show up. It that's exactly what it felt like to me. Did. Did you uh, like Godzilla vs. Kong? I fell asleep twice. Wow. What? Wow. <laughs> oh my I God. finally finished it this morning, to be honest with you. Wait, but did you fall asleep because you like watched it? Like, did you watch all, all the whole movie thing, the whole the whole franchise in one day? And it just got oh, no, I watched it on different days. Oh, then I got nothing. I yeah, know. man, I got nothing. <laughs> That's the most entertaining one of the bunch. Yeah. I found Kong Skull Island to be. I don't know why. I just... That's my number two, but full disclosure, that's my number two. But I just love the action. I mean, God, God. No, once you get to the action, the action is great. But it's again the stuff in between is just so like I don't care, so convoluted, and I just don't care about it so much that I'm like, okay, get to the other stuff. Like I, I don't do, know why I, exactly I, I they agree with Ryan. Yeah, there's like anytime they interject like the human side stories, I'm like, I don't care. I just want to go back to the monsters. Oh, when we do, it's so glorious. So glorious. What else you got, Ryan? That's really it. That's and yeah. Good to see you were on your game this week, Ryan. <laughs> 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 
My movie watching's been bad lately. I apologize. <laughs> Leo, it's been a while for you, so I know you have a few things. A few things. Um, it's funny because like it's 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 mainly TV, right? Uh, yes. But I also rewatched the whole the whole franchise of Godzilla versus Kong. Um, I I did like them all. Um, I I caught myself constantly uh, googling and YouTubing and Wikipediaing all the different um, Godzilla villains and like all the cool little fan service moments they had in the reboots. Um, and I thought it was super cool, super fun. I kind of got annoyed at some of the human side stories. I'm like, meh, no one really cares. Um, Godzilla vs. Kong was so freaking entertaining, um, except for the moments when we got back to like the humans. I thought the fights were super cool. I do have questions about that weird middle-of-the-earth shrine thing, throne, <laughs> where like, I'm like, who built it? Like, Does this mean that the, that the Kongs are smart enough now to like build temples but then doesn't that really not coalesce with the early stuff either way i love the just like you i love the, the the fight scenes were super cool um i ended up watching newsroom which you recommended yeah uh freaking loved it aaron sorkin's writing was majestic and i think this is one of those reasons that i'm like confused that young sheldon and big bang like destroyed the rating so much newsroom should have destroyed the rating so badly yeah, man. Like, holy crap, that, so, was, that, that was a fantastic, fantastic did, show. Did you ever read the article that I sent you? Yes, yes, yes. It seems like, I don't, I don't, and you saw the whole show, so we can actually talk about this, and like, we both are on the same level here. I thought the first season was the best one, which seems to be the one that was most disliked. Crazy. Although, I mean, I, I will say that the show did, it did tackle, like, political climate very much so, in a way that... I can understand. Like, you know how we, we, we always attack like fanboys of certain like comic yeah. book fandoms and sci-fi and how butthurt they get? Yeah. I mean, imagine how politicians felt about that show. Yeah, touche, touche. Uh, but, but either way, the writing was smart. It was witty. It was quick. The cast was on top of their game. Um, I loved it. I loved it. And then I guess to go off of that, you also recommended West Wing, which I started. And I think I should have done West Wing first because it feels like newsroom light. You know so I did. Far, you know I did it the same way you did. I did it that way too. I did newsroom it, first and the West Wing. Then West Wing. Yeah, yeah, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. But you feel like the it feels more network friendly and more 90s ish. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I also I binge watched the whole show, the the Good Place. Um, I needed something happy, <laughs> so I watched the Good Place. Uh, another good show. Fantastic cast. Very different from the um, Office, Pimium. Friends, uh, quintessential sitcom build. Um, the the leads are very different, very um, multi multicultural, which I appreciated. Uh, you as a basketball fan will appreciate this one. There was a two part um, documentary on NBA TV called Ready or Not: The '96 NBA Draft. Oh, how was that, dude? It was fantastic. It was like, it, well, especially for like for you and I got into basketball very much around the same time, and the 1996 NBA Draft class like changed basketball forever and i believe it's still the best draft class in nba history yeah. but they kind of break down the behind the scenes of what was going on during the draft they interview like uh some of like the gms about why they picked the player they chose um they, they did a whole special part about kobe bryant and like they interview like the rest of the draftees about how they felt about him during like the rookie season and then after the rookie season iverson gets interviewed marcus candy like aged really really well for some I, mean, I didn't rec <laughs> barely recognize him 
Um, it was cool. It was cool. Uh, Marbury gets a lot of shine, which I appreciated. Do they uh, uh, do they interview Yinka Dare? No, unfortunately, Yinka Dare isn't there. But Ben Wallace is, and they they gave him a special section too because he's one of those like no one remembers that he was undrafted in that class, but he was part of that class. But uh, yeah, basketball wise, and then I and then I kept up with the whole uh, CWDC universe and all that fun stuff. Nice. Alrighty, and for me, I. For the first time in like 11 years or 10 years, whenever it came out, I saw Hugo, the Martin Scorsese movie. And it's really good, man. I was so wrong about I, I, You know, sometimes you watch a movie for the first time and you just aren't in the right place. Yep. Like, I think that's what happened with Hugo because I loved it. Like it's it's I actually throw it in my top 10 Marty films now. It's such a it's it's a Marty movie. You can show your kids because it's rated PG. But it's also like a love letter. Oh, it's a classic film. And you know me. I love my classic film. Ah. Um, a lot of like a lot of stars are in there that you aren't weren't necessarily huge stars at the time. Like Chloe Grace Moretz is in it. Uh, Sacha Baron Cohen is in it. Uh, it's um, if you're looking, it's not long. It's one of his shortest movies. It's a little bit over two hours. The cinematography is fantastic. It actually was nominated for eleven Oscars, so it's it's really really good. Now another movie that's not on the level of Hugo. I saw this movie called this horror movie called Mother's Day. I don't know if Jenny's ever mentioned it to you guys on here. No. So Mother's Day is these uh this mother that sends her two sons to like rape and kill people. Oh, clearly I should have gotten that from the title. I apologize. My bad. <laughs> and um Jenny had hyped it up as something that's going to like scar me for life. Uh it there's there's only, I mean, there shouldn't be any, but there is only one rape scene in the movie, and it's not necessarily, like, uh, the worst rape scene I've seen in a horror movie, Last House on the Left, which I can never rewatch. It just scarred me. Uh, this scene is not needed, but overall, as a movie, it's kind of more of a horror comedy than it is an actual horror movie, so I dug it. Then I saw The Stepfather, which they remade in 2009, the... Uh, and the reason I bring that up is because for anyone that watches a loss, Locke is the main character. He is the stepfather. In oh, the shoot. Yeah. Nice. Super young. And he essentially the stepfather is someone that goes from family to family and kills their kills the, the mother and the kids and then moves on to the next family and does the same thing. I can see him playing that character. It's Definitely. really it's really good. I actually really, really dug it. Uh This is more for Leo. Ryan doesn't like basketball, but I actually finally saw the inside story. I don't know if you got a chance to see that yet, Leo. No, I haven't watched it. So no. it's it's on HBO Max. It's about inside the NBA. So, uh, so if wait, any... is that the one that aired like in a four parts? Yes. Okay, yeah, I did. I did watch it. I did watch yeah. it. Yeah. So I finished. The, I finished the first two parts, and they are excellent. excellent. Isn't it crazy? Like the I, I I completely forgot what that show was like before. I'm like, wow. Yeah, and I think it's crazy that we've been a part of that show, watching that show for fucking years already. Uh-huh. Um. I also saw Mortal Kombat. Uh, I gotta watch it today. <laughs> it's a movie. Is it better than the original? Um, I love the original. I think, I think there's a little bit too much exposition in this movie to try to turn it to more than what it really is. The action sequences are pretty dope. It's very, very bloody. I, I can't say I prefer over the original. I, I. It's just nostalgia for me. I, I prefer the 95. Way better than Annihilation, though. So that that's something. Um, I couldn't talk about this. I saw In the Heights, which comes out next in two months. Yes. 
dude, I've been I've been geeking out about like the 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 post you've been putting up about it. In the Heights is I'm gonna I'm gonna just Ryan, you can take a backseat. You definitely won't <laughs> have much to contribute on this one because I don't think you have these types of bodegas by you. So. Leo, you live in Hutton County. I live in Hutton County. You know that we have corner bodegas all over the place, right? We have corner bodegas, and they're not even on the corner. Exactly. (laughs) So I remember when I was a kid, and I used to go into the bodegas, one of the first things that I saw was, like, our drinks, like Materba, uh, Jupina, Malta. Malta, yeah. So the movie starts, and, like, it's fan- the movie is incredible. I mean, first off, I, it's incredible. I think it's going to be a big player at the Oscars next year. I think the Golden Globes are going to love this movie. But the authenticity is incredible that when you walk into the bodega in the beginning of the movie, what do you see? You see the Cuban crackers and you see <laughs> and you see Mal- Mal- Malta. And I'm like, R- really? Like, you just have to like, it, it just it put a smile on my face. And I'm like, oh, my God, they actually had the like the. The authentic idea to put Malta in a fucking movie, which they had really had no reason to, but the movie's great. I had seen the musical, so uh, music is incredible. The dance sequences are incredible. It is a traditional musical. I suspect this will do very well next year. And then finally, Falcon and a Wonder Soldier. Um, Ryan, you can go bye bye now. All right, yeah, talk to me. So I will, I will, <laughs> I will let you know when you can come back. Um, so. You, Leo, you, me, me, and you haven't really talked much about this, right? No, no, no. I think we, I think we may have been like around episode three or episode four, I think, and then we chatted about it offline, but on, on, no, not on the podcast. So I guess I'll start off with asking you this question: ranking it with the two shows, do you like it? Did you like it more than Wandavision? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, uh, they they satisfy different itches, right? They're both very different shows. Um, which one would I? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, which one would I rewatch first? And I would rewatch Falcon and Winter Soldier before I rewatched WandaVision. Okay, cool. So we're on, we're on the same boat. Um, I'll I'll start off this end. My biggest takeaway, what I enjoyed the most, with a character that stands out for me, and I think you know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. It's John Walker. Like he is, the performance is incredible. Like Wyatt Russell is really great. But what I really loved about it is I think that he actually, for me, and I, you know, others can think differently, had the best arc in the show. He was yeah. this, he was this, you know, by the books, wanting to be essentially replicate Steve, who Steve Rogers was. And as the show progressed, he started seeing that that's someone that he could never replicate, and ultimately turns into who we got at the in the finale. Uh, I love his character. I'm so glad that they did not kill him off. Because I'm very curious to where they're going with the U.S. agent storyline. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. So it's funny because I know I know a lot of fans hate the character, right? They hated him when he introduced him as the new Cap, which makes sense, right? Because we're everyone's a Steve Rogers, you know, fan, and no one can replace Steve Rogers. But what I loved more about him is that this answers the question that was posed back in Captain America one. Back when Colonel or Captain Phillips, Colonel Phillips wanted to get a soldier to take the serum, Erskine was just adamant. No, it can't be a soldier. We need a good man to take the serum. Mm-hmm. A soldier is just going to be a more more soldier. And like this answers that question, right? Because nothing. I don't believe that that Walker's a bad man. Walker's just a soldier, though. 
he's going to take orders. He has anger issues. He's been traumatized by what he saw in war. So, like, I don't, I don't, even when he murders the guy in cold blood with the shield, like, he's avenging his best friend's death. And that's all been, like, just enhanced because of that serum. Um, so I, I, I don't hate the character. I, I think he's very, very troubled. And he's now dealing with, like, these extra, extra strong emotions and, and just reactions because of the serum. I do think his arc is amazing. Uh, I do. I would have rather they, because uh, the the switch into his arc is a little like quick. I think episode six was a little rushed. Mm-hmm. I think they could have maybe spaced that out into another episode because it kind of felt like. Uh, and this is like I give to give a props to to Stacy. She called it out. Episode six kind of felt like the finale, or at least Walker's transformation kind of came off like Daenerys's transformation at the finale. Yeah, of it came Game out of nowhere. Throne. Exactly. Like, yeah, I guess you can you can explain it. You can be like, oh, but he did go through this and go through this. So I guess it makes sense. But like, it was a quick turn, and I think we could have spaced that out a little. But uh, the only other arc that I think was similar was um, Bucky's is already he you know he's tortured. And that makes kind of sense. Sam finally coming to terms with the fact that he should have been the captain, but no Walker. Walker was a standout for me too. Uh, and that new suit, I have been looking forward to a real life. U.S. agent costume yes. since like 1993 when I had like the trading cards of like why is Captain America's suit black? <laughs> and, and they nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. Him and and him and and Falcon or Captain America now. Yeah, Cap, Cap Falcon. I guess. It's gonna be weird. To, yeah, it's so weird to just transition now. Um, by the way, uh, I'll be the one that says it. Sam's a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, because like Although, he no, redeemed I, himself. I, I, how do you think they treated that? Because I, I, I got to give Disney props on this. When him and him and um, Bucky Bradley. are having the shield throwing practice, yeah, and like Bucky even tells him, like Steve and I had no idea what it would be for a black man to get the shield. Like that, I I guess that's something that you and me as Latinos didn't really like. I, I guess that does play a part. Like Falcon being hesitant or Sam being hesitant had to do with race as well. And I guess I never thought of that either. So I'm like, oh, wow. This is like talking about this right on. I like that the show talked about real life issues because that's exactly how he felt. And, but my my own one of why I say he's an idiot is in the first episode is you know how this government is. You know that shield and Hydra Intel for years and you just give up the shield while you're dealing with this inter, this internal, like, conflict hold on to it put it in your back pocket just don't use it <laughs> don't use it we're good to go so that but if not we wouldn't have an we wouldn't have a series but like that, <laughs> well I guess the, the first half of the series would be like the u.s government i guess taking him to court trying to get the shield yeah but overall i do like what they ended up the his story especially the stuff with isaiah bradley and i i'm yeah. glad what they did for him at the end of the series which is really, really sweet, and it's a good callback to everything. Surprised we didn't get Steve. I'm not going to lie. I thought we were going to get Steve. I think we're going to – it's funny because I think – I'm hoping we get him, like, later on in a different series, maybe even in the the, the scroll invasion series maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, a little bit. That was a, that was the only – it's funny because like, I think that's one of the – I've heard some people, like, that are a little bummed out about the series overall. Just And I think it's because they were, like – Everything we thought would happen is exactly what happened, so we didn't get any huge surprises. Um, and I guess that's the one thing too. It's like everyone was expecting that that cameo, but it never came. Yeah, for me, the only thing could be there. Uh, well, there's two things, and one's more LOL, the other one's 
the other one's actually serious. So the LOL one is you mentioned before that Bu- uh, Bucky and Sam were just throwing around the shield and they catch yeah. it like nothing. I love when they have that Rocky montage. Sam yeah. can no longer catch the shield. Like he's having such difficulties. I'm like, yo, like is Bucky the only one that can show you how to actually grab the shield? I just thought that was yeah. funny that the scenes are parallel to each other. It literally takes place like five minutes within within each other. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and then the one thing I actually did not like um, because it was so obvious is the power broker stuff. Yeah, same, same. I was hoping that so secretly my 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 top pick was go, was that was always her, right? I thought she was going to be the power broker. I'm like, I think this is going to the way they're going to go with it, where they're trying to give you subtle like little allusions to it, but that's where they're going to go. My dark horse pick of who the power broker was going to be was a reincarnated Arnim Zola in like a mm. robot suit. I would have loved that. <laughs> would you have thought because we haven't talked about this, I and I can't remember the name of the location now. There's a location, and they keep they kept mentioning it on the show. That's mutant territory. That's very Madripoor. Right? Madripoor. Would you have? Can you imagine if the power broker was like Logan? Oh, dude, it's funny. Uh, we haven't talked in a while because when the Madripoor thing came out, like to me, that was the biggest Wolverine fan freakout I've ever had. Like, even they even showed the Princess Bar, mm-hmm. which Logan is a is a part owner of. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that. I don't know if he would have been the power broker just because of what the power broker is supposed to be doing. True, but I wouldn't be surprised if he plays a part in like the the really shadiness of of Madripoor's under underground. Because I think it's we were all wrong. I think we assumed that we would first hear about mutants in Wandavision, but this is really our introduction. And Dude, it's it, it kind of like remember how when we first watched um, that that iconic now Ma- uh, Mandalorian episode, yes, where they were like when they introduced Boba Fett's actual because Boba Fett, we're like, oh wow, we learned more about Boba Fett in one episode of Mandalorian than in like like nine movies of like the the Star Wars uh, franchise. So I'm like, yo, I I cared more about mutants and in this one little snippet of Ma- like of of Madripoor than I did in most of the Fox movies. Yep. And then the last thing, um, I don't think it was, on, it was not on purpose, purpose because Feige doesn't do that. Just calling her Agent Carter, I think is for a reason. And I, I'm, you know, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, but Captain America 4 is set up beautifully. Like do there you is, think that she's, she'll, she'll be the big bad in that one. Do you think she's, this is going to be like uh, another type of, um, Captain America Winter Soldier type thing where like she infiltrates the government and she's the one that they have to battle. I think there's going to be a power battle between her and Madam Hydra. Love it. And then the US, I think the big bad fight that we're going to get at the end is going to be US Sagent versus Cap at the end of that movie. Nice. So, welcome back Ryan. Hi guys. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, Falcon of the Winter Soldier, loved it. We have 1 month free of marvel stuff until we get to loki in june so and i suspect that will be more lighthearted comedy yeah it's funny like the way they're the way they're spacing it out makes you feel like okay lighthearted and quirky down to earth lighthearted and quirky <laughs> makes sense because after loki we get uh, black widow oh question a uh, black widow the the special last cameo appearance of that person you mentioned madam um She's also cast in Black Widow. She was right? supposed to be. That was her first appearance. Gotcha. That's why. Okay, cool. That's why, if you notice when you see her on Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's more matter of fact. 
not, that makes sense. Okay. Not introductory. So I think we'll get her quote unquote introductory appearance in in Black Widow. Cool. Ryan, you got a lot of homework to do. Work. You right. know, me and Casey will sit down and do watch it next week, probably. Six episodes. You can definitely do it. Um, all right, cool. So before we get into Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, uh, I have a little game for you guys. And, and Leo, you said that you may know what the winner of this game gets. What do you think the winner gets? I'm thinking if it's me versus Ryan, right? Yes. And the, and that the three of us have something coming up with we're going to be start doing our uh, our movie drafts. Does the winner of this get the first overall pick? Yes. Yes! <laughs> I I okay. don't like giving myself the number one pick because I just, even in fantasy football, I hate the number one pick. I actually rather have the third pick. So um, the winner gets the first pick, and then whoever loses will do a random organization for the second and third pick. All right. Ryan, you ready? This is all Oscar trivia. Oh, so this is all going to be Leo winning. Like, <laughs> not necessarily. Not, not necessarily. necessarily. No, if because, the right questions fall to you, you'll get it. Because I, I actually try to do this in a way that it'll be at least, at least accessible for you to answer. So there's going to be true or false questions. Oh shoot! So I'm going to kick right. it off. I'm going to kick it off with Leo. True or false? Alfred Hitchcock has won two directing Oscars. False. He's never won any award. Very good. I love I love that I love the confidence with your answer. That's one of those things that you you generally this infuriates you. Yes. <laughs> so I, I remember this. It infuriates me every time we talk about directors that haven't gotten nominated and I'm like, well, Halfer Hitchcock has no Oscars. All right. Ryan, you ready? As ready as I'm gonna be. True or false, <laughs> the Lord of the Rings Return of the King won all the Oscars it was nominated for in two thousand three. <sighs> I'm trying to remember. I remember that year too. I feel like it. I feel like it missed one. So is it true or false? I'm going to say true, though. It is correct. It went eleven for eleven. True. true. Yep. It's like one of like three movies that have done it or something like that. Uh, it is the only movie to sweep eleven. That goal. That I think it's the oh. only movie that was ever nominated for more than ten and won everything. Jeez, that's crazy. But you know, go ahead and shit on it, Ryan. <laughs> no, that's one I like. It's the other two that bore the shit out of me. Um, next up, Leo. There, true or false? There has never been a Best Picture winner to win the award to win Best Picture as its lone win, meaning it won Best Picture and nothing else. True or false? There's never been a movie that has done that. Yes, I think that's true. That is incorrect. False. So Ooh. the reason the reason you probably didn't know because this goes back all the way to the 30s. So the two winners of Best Picture without anything else was Grand Hotel and then Mutiny on the Bounty. So those two movies won nothing but Best Picture. No, I left the door wide open for Ryan. <laughs> yep. Oh, he ain't getting this one. There's no way Ryan gets this one. How many actors lost the lead actor Oscar after winning Globe, SAG, BAFTA, and critics. I thought this was supposed to be true or false. What the fuck? <laughs> the last, the last, the last three are not. How many? All right. I have a feeling Leo. I'm going to say I, five. The hint. Five. The hint. So, so your answer is five. The hint is um, I've mentioned this story before. So, because this is an open question, 
Leo gets to guess an answer to. So right now it's tied at one. How many actors lost the lead actor Oscar after winning Globe, SAG, BAFTA, and Critics? And Ryan guessed five. He guessed five. So what is your guess? Are we going to do like Price is Right rules where it's like the closest without going over? No, it has to be. Dang it. I would have gotten like one. I've talked about this before. Yeah, but you talked about all these facts before. <laughs> that is true. That is true. You talk a lot. This is a podcast. You realize that. Lost it after sweeping everything else. And I and I've and the people that I tell are genuinely surprised. Another, I'm not gonna. I, I I'll I'll get more into it because I didn't give Ryan any hints, so I don't want to. I don't want to throw any hints out there. All right. The answer is one. You should have gone with one. The answer is Russell Crowe for A Beautiful Mind. I've told this story before. He had swept the season. Then when he won BAFTA, he threw so, he, he threw someone's camera, a press reporter's camera. The Oscars were two weeks later. Denzel Washington went on to win the Oscar for training day. So next up, you got two questions left. Ryan, you ready? Yep. <laughs> no way you get this. Uh, what acting at what act what actor actress has the most acting Oscars? All right, so it's not wins the wins. It's it's de- wins, not uh, nominations. Now, the obvious answer is like Meryl Streep because yeah. is, that your is that your answer? That's not because you said I would never get it, so this can't be an obvious answer like that. I, I, it's not the answer, but she's in second place. Um, I'm gonna say Tom Hanks. Incorrect. Tom Hanks has two. Uh, Leo, what's your guess? Meryl. I really thought he got it with Meryl. I was like, oh no. my god, he got it right. So Meryl, uh, Meryl, I'll give I'll give you guys a hint. If Ryan if Ryan if you don't get this rightly, I'll give Ryan one more chance. The the hint is all Oscars that this person won were lead. Which makes okay. it an even more impressive stat. Is it like Wait, mm, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> You're all lead. I value. You got. I'm going. I'm going. DDL. You're you're close. DDL has three leads. Uh, the answer is Catherine Hepburn. Oh shoot! Uh, I would never that. So she has. How many does she have? Four. She has four. Yeah. Damn. Well done. Yep. And then Ryan, last one here. Right now, it's still tied at one, by the way. I know, I know, I know. No one wants his number one pick. All right, next up. What <laughs> person has the most Oscars? Like, person. It, it's not acting. Just what person has the most Oscars? Whose question is it? I'm sorry. It's for you, Ryan. Yes. It's for you, oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was Leo's turn. Oh, um, no, you're right. You're right. You Well, you both are going to get a crack at it, so. Yeah, I think that's what it is, yeah. Most person. Now, this could be any award, right? Any so this award. could be like, yeah, so, so the person like, so technically, like, if I go like a producer, this person could have produced multiple films. Exactly. So if I go someone classic like 
We're gonna go classic, though. This is actually your. I'll give both of you a hint. This is actually extremely easy. Is it? So here's my thought. Because if it could be a person, technically this person is a person. I never knew this person as a person because I always knew him as a brand. Is it Disney? Uh, Ryan, what's your guess? Um, Mel Street. Incorrect. The answer is Walt Disney. Okay, yeah, because he's a person. He was a live person. <laughs> so Walt Disney has 22 Oscars. That's crazy. All right, I have one bonus question. So right now, Leo is winning, and this is going to be like Final Jeopardy. You can risk the point you have, Ryan. <laughs> or And Leo, you can risk the points. Remember, if you get it wrong, you lose the point. So here's the question. Name the films that have the most nominations and wins. I will do you a favor, and you only have to name one because it is a tie for like the, the movies that have the most nominations and wins. Does it have to be like the, the movie that had the most nominations and the most wins? Correct. Or just nomina- Correct. Oh, and then you guys have 15 seconds to decide. Right. Well, I'm thinking because obviously one's Lord of the Rings because we just talked about it. Yeah, I think that's that something too. Um, all right, I think I got. I think I got it. I'm, I'm gone. Yeah, I got mine. Okay. And I have no idea. I'm time. Everything. Time. So, how, do you risk any points, Ryan? Screw it. Yeah, not to say Lord of the Rings, but that's all I got. <laughs> all right, but do you, did you risk any points? Yeah, I risked my one point. But you didn't answer the other question, so you just lost that point. Oh, well. And Leo, just to finish off, what is... Okay, so nominations... Okay, so yeah, I'm not going to risk anything because I just... You just I won, just, like, yeah. I just you won, won. Her, yeah. <laughs> um, my nominations, I think... I think it's Titanic? That's one of them, correct. Okay, okay. Um, wins, I mean... I. Isn't that going to go? No, because you said, oh, yeah, Lord of the Rings, Return yeah, of the King. Yeah. So to, to disappointment of my close friends here, you did answer correctly with Titanic, but no one answered La La Land, which also is the most nominated film in Oscar history. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I let sorry. you down. I you have both let me down. down. Both let me down. Uh, Wait, how, many, I, how many was that? Like 16? Four, 14. Or? 14. 14, and still lost best. Yes. All right, love, we're not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> so, Leo, when we do our draft next month, you have the number one overall pick. Oh, I can trade down my pick, though, right? For, like, cash consideration? Well, or... I'm, not, I'm not trading that. You can you enjoy that number one pick because we're <laughs> because this is a snake draft, so you, will not, you won't be talking for a while after your first pick, so make it good. <laughs> all right so let's get into it after a nice 50 minute discussion let's get into jay and silent bob strike back ryan's, yeah. ryan's like i fuck everything else fuck the oscars <laughs> and actually before we get into it oh son of a bitch <laughs> leo do you have anything you want to see tonight at the oscars from oh what like any winners you mean from like what, anything yeah from the movies you've seen Ooh. Um, I want, I want Mulligan to win for, um, for actress. Yeah, actress. I want her for best actress. Um, the best picture, honestly, is a big, is a one that's really interesting me. 
that race is super close because I think people have been winning it all over. Even though Nomadland I thought was good, I don't want it winning Best Picture. I would rather it go to um, um, oh my gosh, the the Sorkin movie. The, oh, Trial of Chicago Seven. Oh uh, yeah, Trial of Chicago Seven. I think that one would be my pick for Best Picture, but um, I I have I have a stat for you, and I know you love stats. Yes, um, please. I I. I did two pools. In my predictions, like for the site, I win Nomadland. But in my pools, I win tri- one pool, I have trial. The other one, I have Nomadland, just to save my bet, uh, to hedge my bet. There, so Nomadland won BAFTA. There has not been a best picture correlation from BAFTA to Oscar since 2000, uh, 2013. So, so every best picture that's won BAFTA has lost the Oscar. So that's kind of where I'm like, maybe Trial can do it. But um, yeah, we'll, I, we, we'll see. I, I like No Man Land a little bit more than Trial, but I'd be fine with Trial winning as well. I do want, but one thing I really, really do want, though, is I want, I don't know how many awards it was nominated for, but I do want a lot of attention put on Mank so more people can watch Mank. <laughs> Mank-led nominations. It's only going to win okay. one, unfortunately. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, but Mank, I thought, was one of those, like, I, I really, I, I enjoyed it so much. I want more people to watch it. Agreed. Now, Ryan, we can talk about the movie you're here to talk about. As you can see, Ryan gives two fucks about the Oscars. I'm going to be watching it tonight. Alrighty. So, Jane, Silent Bob Strike Back. I This is Ryan's idea. I do have all the notes for it. But I want to get Ryan to kick it off to, uh, to pretty much dive in as to why he wanted to do this. Go ahead, Ryan. It's my favorite movie of all time, and I love talking about it, so any excuse to talk about it. Honestly, and, and I know parts of it hasn't aged well, and we're going to get into that. And but I think it's such a great escapism movie and such a star-studded movie. <laughs> like it's just a perfect just turn on and forget about everything else movie. Yep, I I agree. Uh, it's actually the first Kevin Smith movie I saw. I saw it in theaters. Same, in dude. Some, same. Yeah, yeah that's funny. It was September September of two thousand one that I actually saw it in theaters, and it was uh, I laughed my ass off. Actually, it was very very funny. So, who's who's to say like twenty years later I would have fucking met and spoken to Kevin Smith and that's fucking yeah. crazy. Uh, so it was your first as well, Leo. Yeah, yeah. First, uh, it's the first one I watched, and then well, it's funny. It's not officially officially the first one I watched will be Mallrats, um, and I I guess I just. At that point in time, though, I didn't know there was a Kevin Smith View Askew universe. I just, I, I really didn't know much of, like, there was, like, a, a build or a world there. Um, but the one that I first saw that was, like, it came out was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And then it started the question, wait, what are they striking back from? Who are Jay and Silent Bob? And then he's going back in time and trying to figure everything out and connect the dots. But hysterical movie. Rye was... Yeah, just like Rye said, it's the perfect thing just to put on and just like laugh your ass off. Um, yeah, same. It is one of those things that I think the three of us talked about this a little bit earlier. When when I watched it back for the View Askew um, ranking list, I was watching it for the lens of like and just entertainment and just like loving it, just plugging it in and just watching it. Watching it for this list of like the MVP and like the age poorly, aged well, and changing the lens we're watching it with. It definitely changed the uh, the the reception of the movie <laughs> just a bit. No, like, have you ever watched it with the commentary track? Ooh, no. I haven't. No, no. Is it? Uh, 
Kevin was even like, yeah, no, it's just the kind of move. Like, I don't even know what the hell I was doing. It's like, just the kind of like he hated the fact that there was so much TNA kind of stuff in there with them in their underwear and them in yeah. their in yeah. the tight leather. He's like, yeah, it's just a, like there wasn't much to talk about. Like he kind of joke rips on Ben a little bit. He doesn't really give much though. I have a few things. The leather pants are not the problem with the movie, right? I'll say <laughs> that. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it. So the production of the film. The uh, the film was originally titled U is U5, and it, the title was changed to Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Filming began on January 14, 2001, and ended on April 19, 2001. And the movie uh, took place, filming took place in here in New Jersey and in California. Now, I do have some information that... Um, I did know a little bit about this, and I'm sure Ryan did too. So on his podcast, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, Kevin Smith explained at length how much of a headache the film was to make, mostly owing to Jason Muse's drug abuse. Uh, he was basically a ticking time bomb which threatened to shut down the production of the film at any moment. During pre-production, Muse would have constant mood swings due to heroin withdrawal to the point that Smith actually threw him out of his car on their way to the set one day. Muse would compensate for his lack of drugs by drinking heavily on every day uh, and sh- and nearly got into a fist fight with Scott Mosier when he had to come back one night for reshoots. When the shooting wrapped, Smith told Muse point blank to get sober or he would never speak to him again. The abuse, the abuse got to the point where Smith had to threaten shutting down the project immediately after which Muse managed to stay clean enough to finish the production. When the shoot wrapped, Muse was back on painkillers and crack within days. So Smith invited him to live with his family in California where Muse stole Smith's money to buy heroin. Oh my lord. Finally, Smith checked him into rehab and told him point blank to get sober or he'd never speak to him again. He also promised him that if he managed to stay off drugs, he would write another movie for his character, which turned out to be Clerks 2. So, and then uh, going into like a little bit about Jane Silent Bob reboot, one of the main reasons outside of Kev's heart attack, they he made the movie was because he wanted to have a better experience and memory working with Jay on that film because of how bad this was. Gotcha. That's funny because in the commentary track, they sing Muse's phrase. He's like, you brought your A game, which he did. And but it's funny that you like I knew all that as well. But it's funny that you know that was the case. But in the commentary track, they're like, "Yeah, no, you bought your game." Well, one of those things where it's like you keep you keep like the the family secrets in within the family kind of thing, maybe. Yep, <laughs> at I, that I, time, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say because that commentary is from two thousand one or two thousand two. They probably kept mm-hmm. everything's under wraps by then. Controversy to not uh, <laughs> go away from this movie. Uh, glad. Also, were... real quick. Go ahead. Another fun thing about it is, it was also going to be another idea for the movie was going to be a straight up Blunt Man and Karnak movie. Oh, like the one they make a joke about in the movie. That would have been fun. Yeah, Ryan. It been Ryan, that is, Ryan. That is in my fun facts. Oh my bad. I thought. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> the MPAA rating and Glad controversy in August two thousand one, three weeks prior to the release of the film, uh, the movie came under fire from the Gay and Lesbian Alliance against defamation for its overwhelming homophobic tone, which I do have in my age oh, worse. I have it in my age worse, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, which included an abundance of gay jokes and characters excessively using the term gay to mean something derogatory. The scenes deemed particularly offensive included Jay's vehement refuses of giving oral sex to a male driver while hitchhiking and Jay chastising Silent Bob for being willing to perform fellatio on him to get security guard to let him go. Following an advanced screening for the film, former Glad Media director Scott 
uh, Seelman, asked Smith to make a $10,000 donation to the Matthew Shepard Foundation, as well as to include a reference to Glad's cause at the ending credits. On the bonus DVD, Smith explains in the, uh, the on-camera intros of the deleted scenes that several scenes had to be cut from the theatrical release due to that and the movie almost getting an NC-17 rating. Mm-hmm. Wait, so it was worse? <laughs> uh, but some of the stuff was, like, was funny, like some of the stuff they cut, like especially some of the NC seven, mostly the NC seventeen stuff they cut, like the stuff that they had cut for Glad. Obviously, Glad they cut, but some of the NC seventeen stuff, I'm like, oh man. Yeah, box office wise, the movie's released on August twenty fourth, two thousand one, and it was an absolute failure at the box office. So the budget was twenty two million, and it only made thirty three point eight million. So barely made its money back. And when you think about the marketing and in production, I uh, marketing of the film. And promotion of the film, it may have lost money in the end. Alrighty. I think for this one, let's start with Age Worse. <laughs> well, we're all probably going to say the same stuff, though, to be honest. Cause yeah. Let me start on this. Go for it. You- Alright. Leaving babies unattended. Cursing a lot in front of them. Yeah, you're, Nick- you're literally going from, like, the second one of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> $15 for a Nick bag. <laughs> <laughs> what is the going rate nowadays? $5. $5 equals a Nick. <laughs> Actually, Nicks are a thing of the past. Yeah, now um, it's legalized. Is that even the case anymore? <laughs> child abuse? Gay jokes? Wait. Ju- child abuse? Where's the child at, abuse? I By leaving them, I guess. By leaving them unattended and cursing in front of them is child abuse. <laughs> I guess you're right. Touche. Uh, the gay jokes... Jugs, bitches, etc. Hey, baby, baby, have you ever had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Oh, that's funny. That's <laughs> fucking funny. Believing the kit isn't real and so gay. Yep, for me, I have all the homophobic jokes. And honestly, I know I'll probably get shit for this. I hate the Scooby-Doo scene. Oh, that's I so think, much fun, though. I think that's one of the worst movies, the worst, I think maybe the worst scene in the movie. Really? Yeah. I kind of wanted that to be extended. I wanted them to stay in the van longer. <laughs> they I do can't... have an extended cut, which uh, invo- do you have that in your fun facts? Or no, go for it. it. Yeah, go for it. Um, with Scooby, with the fake Scooby's uh, Red Rocket. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's in the deleted scenes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah the whole thing. I knew that you guys would be like, "Oh my god, really?" Like, I just, I don't know. I just cannot that scene. Every time I watch it, I'm no, like, I can uh, see it being your least favorite. And you know what? For it's such a soft flick. If I have to choose a scene, that might be my least favorite as well. Because if I have to pick a scene, what about you, Leah? You, Leah, what do you got? Same things, you guys. Homophobia, gratuitous sexual stuff, um, fat shaming. You guys didn't mention that, but fat shaming is another thing that nowadays it would not be cool. Even though it's like innocent between friends, but the fact that he keeps calling Silent Bob fat boy and fat, that's not going to fly nowadays. Uh, sexual, har- sexual harassment. And honestly, the thing that I always thought was a little weird was Chris Rock is overly aggressive against white people in this yes. movie. <laughs> Yes. Like, I think that aged kind of badly because I'm like I I understand like you know being sensitive to race and everything, but like Chris Rock was just too much at that point. I thought he was hilarious though. I thought no, he was so funny. Hysterical, hysterical. Go ahead, Ray. Before I forget, the uh, child abuse is also when he takes a kid and throws him against the wall. 
That's just, also just, a great job of the Beast. Oh yeah, when they when they beat up the kids at the end of the movie. <laughs> I do. Oh yeah, <laughs> duh. I, I I apologize and retract my statement. Um, age best. Sorry. So I'll go first this time. So I have a. Even the I I don't know the rate for fucking drugs and weed and shit. So I just think the fifteen bucks little man song is hilarious. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob Seeker Stash. That's age well because it is still around. Uh, the Brody song because I actually used it for my cat. Carrie Fisher has a nun. Um, this scene is so small and so subtle, but it just shows like how dumb they are. But it's always funny to me when they get kicked off the bus, and Jay's like, "Says when." Uh, what's his, when do they start charging for the bus? We used to take that shit for free to, to go to school. I don't know why it always makes me chuckle. Uh, Jay's internet rant at movies. I think that's actually pretty funny. Uh, I think I just filled the cup. That's actually funny. Uh, you still use that in your like, everyday life. Yes. Yeah, it's hilarious. I, I can't believe I'm admitting this. Will Ferrell is actually very funny in this movie. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, see, I don't think he's that funny. In really? Really? Oh, I think wow. he's a low point. I think that's my low point of the movie. I'm like, oh, he's meh. The scene with him and Jon Stewart is hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what kind of reaction do you expect by putting this much pressure on the clip? <laughs> um, the Fugitive callback. I actually dug that. If anyone's yeah. seen The Fugitive, I like that. I like that. Uh, the Miramax onset hijinks. That whole scene on Miramax lot is hilarious. Chris Jock. Chris Jock. Chris Rock. And number one. Without a shadow of a doubt, think that's age best in this movie that I think you guys will agree is the prediction of the future of film Twitter and bitching and standing with moviepoopshoot.com. I saw that scene and I'm like, that, my friends, is fucking film Twitter. Entitled little bitches that do nothing but complain about stuff that they did not get. Shout out to you, Last Jedi haters. Shout out to you, Snyder stands. Shout out to you, people that seem to not like Marvel. Shout out to all of you. Moviepoopshoot.com is all you guys. That's Twitter. That's like, yo, dude, twen- that's 20 years ago that he predicted this? Yep. That is like the epitome of age best. Ryan, <laughs> what do you got? Pop culture references. Uh, you just said it. Internet buzz and internet trolls. Phantoms. Uh, Wait, <laughs> Phantoms like the movie? Yeah. Yo, like you the bombing Phantoms, yo. Exactly. This movie made me watch Phantoms, so is it any good? I've actually never out. seen Phantoms. It's you probably will hate. I'm not sure if you'll hate it or not. Watch it and tell me. I'm curious okay. on if you'll like it. Wait, other th- other than Phantoms. And Silence of the Lambs. How many movies has the Viewers Cube universe made you watch? So far, that's it from what I can remember. Do you listen to Do you listen to to Morris Day and Jerome like when you're just at home? that one song? <laughs> <laughs> um, Kevin Smith silent acting. I think he's just phenomenal. Like just yeah, his acting in that is especially knowing how much he loves to talk. Um, breaking the fourth wall. George motherfucking Carlin. Yes. Carrie fucking Fisher. <laughs> hey, baby, baby, have you ever had your asshole licked <laughs> by a Batman in Overcoat? <laughs> Boo-boo kitty fuck. 
And the J-isms, bongs, nugans, all of them. I, I use them almost daily. I'm not even going to lie. At least nugans. Uh, get off my Kool-Aid, motherfucker. Star Wars meets Batman with weed. How? I mean, if that doesn't scream 2021, like, pop culture that I don't know what does. Don't fuck with the Jedi Master, and for me, everything. <laughs> what about you, Leah? What do you got? Dude, actually, like, Rise, you hit it on the head. They really should consider making this, like, uh, the, the movie. Like, they, they really should make it. <laughs> like, it's a I'm perfect combination. Kevin Smith. <laughs> it, I can it see it. No, and, and, and like, it's a fun fact for, for later, but yeah, you guys are right. I, I think this would actually really work as a movie. Yeah, as long as Snyder isn't a part of it. Just <laughs> no, want. I don't know, man. Kevin Snyder are good friends now. So, But do we get Vanderbeek and Biggs? <laughs> nah. oh, they should have cameos. They should at least have cameos. Yeah, cameos, yeah. Um, All right, then we get Benoist and uh, Kilmer. Well, Kilmer can't really talk, so. True. Uh, on my side, similar to you guys, I have the concept of reboots and remakes, uh, comic book movies in general. Like, they're freaking running the world now. Weed aged very well. <laughs> now it's legalized in most of the United States. So to all you potheads out there. Not most. It's like only 16 states, I think. Is it really only 16? Yeah, not many. Well, all the important states at least have it. <laughs> uh, uh, internet, internet reviews. Uh, yeah, that Dave, you hit it on the head, man. Like yeah. 20 years ago. Like, geez, that is exactly what we deal with now. Um, <laughs> in, a, in a weird, in a weird thing, um, being pro or against animal cruelty that aged well. <laughs> so, like, the, even though it's a fake distraction from the heist, the fact that they're like animal lovers that aged well. Boo boo, kitty fuck, click oh. commander. Um, my favorite. It's weird. It's kind of day. Just kind of like you mentioned. It's like a, it's a really quick, understated scene. But I just can't help but crack up during it. Is when Jay and Bob are in the parking lot like, rolling around the ground to get to the door to break in. Yes, that's like, hilarious. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, it's like, it's a wide open. It's like, you just, there's literally nothing, like, that's covering them, but they're just, like, acting covert. Um, and I loved it when, when the van blows up and you hear, like, the operatic music of, Justice is dead. Or so, Jason. Yeah, but just overall, like it's it's still a fun movie to watch, though. It's it's got its weaknesses and stuff, and maybe it wouldn't be made like this. Now. No, no shot. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love it. Yeah, I can't wait. And now we get to our categories. I can't wait to kick this off with Ryan because this is actually really hard because I actually don't know who the fuck would be that guy from this movie. So who is oh, who wins God. that guy award? The Joe Spinell award. Who is that guy, Ryan? Are you ready for this heat-seeking missile right here? What? Will Ferrell. He will always be Marshall Will and Holly for me. Wow. <laughs> well, you, I got nothing. This is and the I first hate, Will Ferrell movie I even really remember seeing. Like, Listen, man, I hate Will Ferrell, but that's fucking Ron Burgundy, man. <laughs> that's wild. Told you, heat-seeking missile. I told you off the air that my uh, that person from was going to probably give me some heat. Leo, what do you have here? So it's honestly, right? Not that much heat because it's like it's this. David on the head. This is a tough one. <laughs> I I took I took an easy way out. I put the entire View Askew family because technically I had seen this. This is the first View Askew movie that I watched and pay attention to, kinda. 
And then after this, everyone was like, oh, wait, that's the guy from, honestly, Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back. And then they also ended up being like, what, Bill O'Halloran from Clerks. Uh, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I, so I just took the easy way out. The entire View Askew family. So I actually don't feel bad anymore because I actually went with Dante or Randall, Jeff Anderson. And Brian yeah, right? Because yeah, this right? Is all the people in that one, too. Ugh. Because this is the first one that I saw. I saw this before yeah. Clerks. Okay. So, so listen, man, you pick fucking Will Ferrell, fucking Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I know, but I got to try to give you some shit. <laughs> Detlef's Shrimp, sixth man of the film. Ryan, again, who do you have here? Uh, best supporting, I have Shannon Elizabeth. I think she killed as Boo Boo Kitty Fuck. Yeah, I actually. I won't. hated Shannon Elizabeth in this movie. What the fuck is wrong with you? Lee, you broke my beautiful. heart. She's a she's a beautiful woman, but I hated her character, bro. Leo, you broke she my heart. Who do you go with? So it's funny because remember, Dave, remember when we had we started the the the, the game you played with me and me and uh, me and Ryan? Like yeah. the confidence that I answered that first question with. Yes. I have no confidence in the awards that I selected for this movie. <laughs> I have a question mark next to everyone that I answered. So, six man, I went with Suzanne. Wait, who <laughs> the <was> ape. Because <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything Suzanne was in, bro, I can't help but just love it. It's, yeah. it's so, Listen, man, that's actually fun. that's actually really solid. That's awesome. <laughs> I went with Shannon Elizabeth too. I actually thought she was really won't funny. Bang in this. The monkey, the, the monkey, monkey will bang us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the ape is hilarious, and that scene yeah. with them, um, the scene with them, and was it in the woods? It's in like in some. Oh, you have the fun fact about the car in the background of that scene. Uh, I I'd have to go through the facts. If not, you can say it later. Okay. All right. Uh, Becky O'Shea, Icebox MVP of the film. I think this one's easy. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ry. Jay and Silent Bob, Jason Mewes, and Kevin Smith. Like, yeah. if I had to choose one, it'd be Jason Mewes, but the pairing just works so well, and you have to give the shout-out to Kevin Smith, because like I said in my age best, dude who likes to talk as much as he does, portraying as funny as well, as much, like, portraying as much as he does and doing as well as he does, and Jay just was on his A-game. He was just so funny. He delivered every line as much as it hasn't aged well so Damn perfectly. <laughs> yeah, I went the same way. I went Kevin, Kevin J on here. Uh, they make the movie. Leo, tell me the ape is your MVP as well. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I went Jay because even though look, even though Kevin Smith and yeah, like Silent Bob is dope. Jay chews up the scenery. Yeah. Like every single thing he's in, like he just commands the camera. And even though yeah, Kevin, you guys are right. Like he 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 is a talker in real life, and that must have been difficult. He just doesn't. I don't know. I, I I would watch this entire thing just for Jay, and I don't think I would say the same for for Kevin Smith and Silent Bob. Right. But I'll give you two scenes though. I'll give you the scene at Ben Affleck's house, uh, Holden's place, where he's like, uh, "Oh man, he's like, this this morose motherfucker gets it. <laughs> he gets it." Like, and then also the next one where the sign on the back of the car. Like you need Silent Bob because it's like that. Like, I don't think Jay would work without Silent Bob because if you had two Jays, it would just get annoying. It would be like a, I hate to keep going to wrestling, but it would be like two Matt Riddles for uh for Dave. Yeah. All right, peaks and valleys. Ryan, who's your peak? Pete, Shannon. I can't think of anything else. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Uh, wait a minute! Shannon, Shannon Elizabeth. You mean the, the girl that's known for American the, Pie? <laughs> yeah, but this came at, that American Pie came before this. 
but she was in nothing she else was after. she was in multiple American Pie movies after this. I looked on her IMDb. She was just in Reunion, and I didn't even bother seeing no, that. No, she's in the second one and second Reunion. One? I put her as peak. Not... <laughs> <laughs> Although my, my, my peak isn't that much better, though. So What do you got, Leo? I went with Jennifer Schwalbeck, Kevin Smith's wife. Because being cast as the hot girl next to um, uh, Eliza Dushku oh, and freaking Ali Larder, like, that's got to be the peak of your life because I don't even know what you do anymore. <laughs> yeah, she was in Clerks, too, but that's I really couldn't find anyone here either. So I. Like that's- Think about it. At that point, you're putting her like on a really high echelon of hot chick. In all honesty, if you really want to look at peak, we could probably say George Carlin because I don't think he did anything else much after after this, right? No. So I kind of just settled on I that. George Carlin. Yeah, same here. <laughs> so funny. Valley, you know the deal. Ben Affleck, Oscar winner. <laughs> this is like the, that's it. There's nothing Dude, else to I have say. Question, I have question marks. I'm like Ben Affleck? Question mark. Will Ferrell? <laughs> question mark. Mark Hamill? Question mark. Carrie Fisher, question mark. I couldn't pick one. There's a lot of value. You could actually, I I think, I mean, I would never, ever pick him, but Will Ferrell is a debatable one, too. Yeah, because he, I mean, after, I don't know if it's after this, but, like, this is not, like, he's an A-list comedian. <laughs> and what do you go with? You want Ben Affleck, too? Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was easy. <laughs> All right. Although, the bomb is Affleck, yo. To our, fa- our fans, you guys should watch him in Phantoms. I hear it's good. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Here are some Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back facts. I have 20 for 20-year anniversary. Here we go. And Ryan, whatever I don't have that you have, feel free to let us know at the end. Number one, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon mentioned that the only reason they were in this movie is because they owed the director a favor. <laughs> It was, it was writer, director, it was Kevin Smith who brought the script of Goodwill Hunting to the attention of Harvey Weinstein at Miramax. Wow, really? Yeah. Unfor- unfortunately, Harvey Weinstein is mentioned a few times on here. Um, number two, you guys know this already. Baby Silent Bob was played by... Harley yeah, Quinn. Harley. Number three, Kevin Smith was originally reluctant reluctant to do a Jay and Silent Bob solo film, believing that the characters couldn't carry a film. Positive reactions to Jay and Silent Bob's cameo in Scream 3 changed his mind on making the film. Oh, right on. Next up, the name of Jay and Silent Bob's online critics, Magnolia fan, was inspired by a feud on the ViewSkew website's message board. After Kevin Smith posted a strongly negative review of Magnolia, fans of Paul Thomas Anderson swarmed the board and criticized Smith. These fans are now known as Snyder fans. <laughs> I, I I added the last part, by the way. Well done. Well done, sir. Um, number five. This was the first film, which is crazy. This was the first film in which Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill appeared together since Return of the Jedi. Wow. The cra- that thing, Kevin Smith, for that just alone. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, apparently, neither neither of them knew they, that the other was in the film until a few w- weeks after the shooting had been completed. That's insane. That's for cool. Sh- That's really cool. According to Kevin Smith, the film was intended to be controversy-free because of the response to Dogma. <laughs> However, that did not succeed with what I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're 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 completely leaving the religious people out of it, but then you're pissing off everybody, everybody else. <laughs> uh, Kevin Smith originally wanted Howard Shore to compose a score, 
as they had a good time working together on the score of Dogma. Dude, that would have gotten Ryan to watch Lord of the Rings. That's exactly where I was going next. Sure, <laughs> sure declined because he decided to do the score for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. That would have been the way in. That would have been the way in. <laughs> Any thoughts, Ryan? Dumbass. But, the, but now you know that Kevin Smith holds Howard Shore in high esteem, so Which, you should watch or at least listen to the soundtrack. Oh, I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. I've said you know a couple of times. I mostly just say this to rip up you know bust Davis balls. I'm just not a fan of the Lord of the Rings, but I'm definitely gonna give it. I'll give another shot. I never want to hear you say you like Game of Thrones, Ryan. Never, because I've never watched Game of Thrones. Good, and and if you do and you like it, you will never hear the end of it from me because it is inspired by Lord of the Rings. So yes. Anywho, um, next up, originally, Kevin Smith wanted Quentin Tarantino to appear in the movie as himself, as the director of Blunt Man and Chronic. That would have made so much sense. That would have been awesome. Which, this would not have aged the movie very well at all. Harvey Weinstein was also set to appear in a cameo. Although, not going to lie, man, with the amount of sexual harassment in this movie, it probably would have been. <laughs> Weinstein probably would have been like, this like, like, yeah. it's like the aura of Weinstein is on this movie. So I feel like it still would have got okay. Seriously. So we got the movie that we got, but the original plot involved Jay and Silent Bob trying to save the quick stop. Hi, Ryan, what do you think? Would you have liked that more? No, I like what we got. All right. Um, Brody's comic book store, Brody's Secret Stash, is obviously altered version of Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. The reason I bring this up is because the store featured in the film was actually the location in California, not New Jersey, and it closed in the mid-2000s. The only uh, Secret Stash left is the one in Red Bank today. How many were there? Were there only those two at, at maximum? I think there were three. Oh, shit. Yeah, I think there were two in New Jersey and then one in... Uh, one in California. Uh, Holden's summary of Silent Bob's feelings towards Jay were improvised by Ben Affleck on set. So Silent <laughs> Bob's nodding was Kevin Smith's genuine reaction and approval <laughs> for possible thought tracking from Bob to Ben. Dude, that was so good. <laughs> I know this half was some of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the Blunt Cave was designed by a show. From the 1960s. Does anyone care to guess what show that is? No, 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 Oh, I forgot to point out that I'm sitting here with my Jane Silent Bob t-shirt using my nail Zippo, by the way. I just wanted to point that out for the listeners who can't see it. Design elements called for an atomic pile and all the console's racks with extremely oversized signs indicating function of the item. This one's for Leo because he is on a West Wing binge. Allison Janney was originally considered to play the nun. Oh, shoot. But she, could, she couldn't do it because she was filming The West Wing, so Carrie Fisher was brought in instead. What was uh, what was Janney known for at this time? Nothing. I don't Nothing that I remember. Well, then, the West, I guess, yeah, The West Wing is what exploded her. She, she became a superstar. Yeah. So clearly Fisher was an upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, the names of the security guards at Miramax are all references to comic book characters, including Gordon. Any guesses who that's based off? You won't do the na 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 again, Shaw 
Any guesses who that's based off of? Uh, I mean, I know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to use you. Uh-huh. And, yeah, I'm gonna have to use you and 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 Ryan on this one because I Sebastian and Shinobi Shaw, members of the yeah, X-Men. Yeah, that's that's X Men. Yeah, okay. If it's Sebastian Shaw, then I get it. That's um that's Kevin Bacon's character in First Class. Gotcha. Oh duh. Yeah, stupid me. I had a brain fart there. And Aikens. Aikens. Yes. Sounds familiar. He was the Gotham City Commissioner before Commissioner Gordon. One of the Gotham City Commissioners before Commissioner Gordon. Was he in year Ooh. one? Was he the commissioner in year one? I don't know. I would have to no. look that up. So Kevin Smith's just pulling out his like DC fanboy cock. And yeah, like, he's like, he's like, you he, think you're a fanboy. This he's is a like, real fanboy. He's like, you want a, you wanted comic book cock? Here's the Mendingo. And you would think he would have done Marvel because I think this is fresh off of his uh, Daredevil run. Daredevil run, yeah. Oh, did you guys catch the Daredevil little like? Yes, thing? on my like, rewatch. No. Yes, I had never noticed it before until I watched it this time around. Dude, me neither. I literally, I'm like, wait, I've seen this movie so many times. I heard I've never have seen this Daredevil versus the Hand fight outside. The last, I got a couple of more. The cat suits. The Jew, the cat suits the jewel thieves wear during the heist are inspired by the outfits worn by Black Widow and Black Cat in their respective Marvel comic books. Right on. I mentioned the film originally received an NC-17. Numerous scenes had to be cut down, including footage of George Carlin and Jane Silent Bob's arrival to Hollywood. So I wonder what that scene included. Ryan, do you know? Actually, there was no uh, addition really to George Carlin's scene so i don't even know what that was about but now i'm interested <laughs> uh number 17 jennifer schwalbach is kevin smith's real life wife making her film debut she also is in clerks 2 let me and see. briefly in reboot oh yeah duh so number 19 last two david DeCuffney originally called kevin smith and told him that he wanted the role of Cockknocker. Smith gave him the role, but unfortunately, when it was time to start shooting, DeCuffney was already filming Evolution, and then they brought in Mark Hamill. What the hell is Evolution? <laughs> uh, you you don't you don't want to see that. <laughs> it's a really bad 2001 movie. Uh, and finally, number twenty, Charlie Sheen was reportedly offered the role of Marshall Wellenholly, but he turned. I kind of want to see that. <laughs> but he turned it down because he couldn't couldn't get a grasp on the character. <laughs> Okay. What's my motivation? <laughs> Ryan, do you have any facts that I missed here? Um, a couple. So, in the one scene that we talked about earlier where they're with the monkey outdoors, in the back there's like a truck. The truck was there because just in case it rained that day, they can shoot inside that truck. Interesting. Uh, Ming Chen of comic book men fame made poop, movie poop shoot. Uh, part of Carrie's contract was no Leia references while working with her, I guess, or in general, because there was no at all. Um, and Muse was nervous about the kissing scene, but when he goes for the boob and Shannon rolls his eyes, her eyes, sorry, that is for real. Interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, if you if you get a chance to film a scene with <laughs> Shannon Elizabeth back then, and you're a red-blooded man... <laughs> Shit happens. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Um, so that wraps up this very, very fun episode. And I know Ryan's very happy. Oh yeah. Chasing Amy next year, right? <laughs> What's Chasing Amy's anniversary next year? Twenty five? 
I think so. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Wow. That'd yeah, I, I'm done. That's that. That's his best movie. So I, I, you know me, I am definitely down to do awesome. a little bit of that. Um. All right. So that wraps up this week's episode. I had a great dis- time discussing this, and we don't have anything to discuss next week when it comes to Marvel. So we are going to celebrate Star Wars Day by looking yeah. at the best and worst characters in the Star Wars universe. That includes TV, that includes movies, you could even include animate, animated shows. Ooh. Damn, this is going to get good. <laughs> I don't want to see Kylo Ren on any worse list because you will hear my mouth. Just... <laughs> well, how many, how many of each are we doing? 10 and 10? 10 and 10. I think for this one, we, I think the world is so big, I think we could get in 10 and 10. And a new... I think Kylo can sneak into top, like, worst 10. Oh, then we will have a good debate about that. <laughs> I, I was I was discussing, and this is something we can discuss for we can continue the discussion uh, next week. But it's a good teaser. Uh, a friend of the show, JC, posted a poll about like who had the worst arc um, or the better arc, Anakin Skywalker or Rey. And obviously, people are going to vote, and they're going to vote for Anakin, so on and so forth. But if you really sit down and contemplate this and you really sit down and have a real discussion about this, and we can continue this discussion next week. If you look at the arc of Anakin Skywalker, episode one, two, and three, and you look at the episode and the arc of Ray four, uh, seven, eight, nine, is it really a discussion? Is it really, you know, is it really clear cut Anakin Skywalker? Anakin Skywalker has one of the worst arcs leading to episode three. I think of any character. It was almost destroyed. This, was, this character was almost destroyed with what Lucas did with him in one, two, and half of three. Ray, Ray's parented, you know, parent choice or whatever at the and decision with Palpatine that can be explored and that could see not as a good thing. But when you really look at the three movies overall, can you really say that it's a clear cut runaway that Anakin had a better arc than Ray? But why why are you limiting it to one, two, and three though? Anakin doesn't die like he just turns into Darth Vader. So the full arc is I mean boy, now arc. you're now you you could say that does he die cuz Anakin stop I mean just like uh, Obi-Wan says that's when he Anakin died and and starts yeah, becoming and it's kind Darth of, Vader. And it's kind of where my argument lies too because they make it a point in episode 4 5 until Luke knows who that's his father to they make it a point to never say the name Anakin Skywalker. Hell, I mean, I think Vader himself has said Anakin Skywalker doesn't exist anymore. So yeah, I mean, fair. It's a good, it's a good discussion to have. I, I just think it's not as clear cut of a blowout as some may say when you really look at the full, like the, the specific arc of the movies we're talking about. So yeah, it's a good discussion to have. Next week should be fun. I, I, people are gonna get. Boba Fett would have been on my worst list if it wasn't for the Mandalorian. If it wasn't for Mandalorian, <laughs> just, if it wasn't just, for Mandalorian, bro, he would have been like top three. <laughs> yep, I, I just, I just want to say he still make he still may make an honorable mention because Mandalorian just to piss off the the stands that love Boba Fett for no fucking reason except the fucking cool costume. Um, but yeah, next week should be You're fun. You're Jar Jar exists, you fanboys. <laughs> oh, he's not my number one. I'm just letting you know that right now. There, there, yeah, you'll find out next week. Until then, see you at the movies, kids.